Ladies and gentlemen, hello again and welcome back to Don't Worry About the Government. Sticking doggedly to this once a month production schedule that I have currently found myself on. No, I mean seriously, I, I, I've been exhausted. I went 15 days without a day off here. I managed to squeeze two and a half in this last week. Brian Halverson, who is joining me on the program today. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hello. I'm all right. I'm much better. I'm I'm video worthy once again. Yeah, no, I I, I there, there was definitely there, there were a couple of days. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, last time, yeah, last time you you were infirmed and and you oh, were yeah. no longer. I got uh, some sc- still some scars, but those, I, it takes I, a long time for those to heal. Let me yeah. tell you, buddy. I, I I have staff scars. Uh, they they take they take a minute. Uh, they build character. The chicks dig them. They dig the scars. That's what they tell me um so anyways on today's show we've got topics big and small we're gonna be going global we're gonna be going national and then we are talking about god knows my favorite topic brian this a lot of people have always said don't worry about the government's really a, a show about the celebs in disguise a, a celebs show that masquerades as a politics show so we gotta do it we gotta talk about the celebs Today. Well, you know, speaking of that, I did have a very blue screen moment, maybe a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago, when just flipping through the local HD channels, I saw a clip of TMZ for about thirty seconds, and they were they were uh, they were interviewing some like former Ukrainian uh, ambassador, or it was something Ukraine related. The folks at TMZ were bringing the Ukraine talk, and I I, I didn't know how to how to process that. It, it just uh, we, we will talk about processing Ukraine <laughs> a little bit more when we get into the Ukraine section. Uh, the other thing I always think about whenever I see TMZ is like there's that guy that the the who I, whoever the editor in chief of TMZ is who's got to be 70 now and he's been there and he's like on screen and hanging out with the celebs and acting young and stuff and he's been doing this now for like 25 years it's uh it's unnerving i i i can't say i care for that fellow i don't know his name though i don't uh, care for him but he he wears a polo better than i do i'll tell you that well yeah i mean what, that, that's what not, he's got i i would got. never I never would have typified us as polo men, though. You no, know I mean? no, but yeah. ne- you know what? Next episode, a, a month from now, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six let's, weeks. Let's wear some polos. Wear some polos. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll acquire a polo to wear a polo. I don't think I own one. I don't think I have a single. I have whatever. Uh, I have some one. Who... I have exactly one of whatever the fuck you call these things. <laughs> uh yeah there are some people who can wear a polo into like a professional meeting and still look professional and he does that and i neither of us do apparently or no, at least I don't. I don't i don't i don't have power meetings like that i mean this that guy talks to celebs i don't celebs don't talk to me i'm not a celebs guy but some people even if you're a celebs guy i feel like some people have to put on a suit and tie in order right to- okay so like it's clear neither one of us are celebs guys but like i would typify you as, as a bit of a wife guy in the sense that like you're a guy with a wife uh you're you're a bit of a husband guy i'm kind of a backyard guy 
more more is slash I, does that make me a wife guy i don't know uh, i but, i mean uh, no take, I, yeah. you're not far off you're not far no off. no yeah. i i mean right so like uh the heuristics the heuristics yeah, the, the yeah. heuristics here so that gets us into what occurred here at the oscars unless <laughs> unless you, that was I, yeah you like that you like that yeah uh so uh Unless you've been living under a rock, uh, the Oscars occurred. I didn't watch any of it, but this moment that occurred, and then I guess some of the aftermath, but even then it could only keep my interest for so long. It just, once we got to the the moment in question, I got what I needed out of the show and really what I'll ever need out of an Oscars, and I moved on. So the moment in question here is, Chris Rock is on stage, and there had been conflicting accounts, but now it has settled in on. Chris Rock decided to go off script and make an impromptu joke about Will Smith's wife, who is not nominated or up for any Academy Award or anything, just like the wife of Will Smith, and made a joke saying uh, basically that her look, which is a result of her having alopecia, uh, it makes her look like she's going up for the remake of G.I. Jane, uh, a movie starring Demi Moore made in the 1990s that caused a lot of controversy at the time because Demi Moore looked like uh, looked like a man. Um, and yeah, yeah, the, it, it, the it was the, gender bending, as the term was at the time. And the, the first the, the subject, uh, I think. Everyone aside from us, of course, uh, has has ignored on this is uh, how many millennials didn't uh, get the reference. I, I think that, you know it's interesting because the polling shows that millennials and younger tend to side more with Will Smith, which is very interesting because to your point, Gen Xers and boomers, younger boomers, should actually understand and remember G.I. Jane and kind of remember the media moment. I was, I mean, we were pretty yeah. young, but even so, I kind of remember like, like everyone was talking about this movie as kind of being a bit of a big deal just because of Demi Moore doing this. So imagine you're a millennial and you never got the reference and you assume Chris Rock made a joke as well as generated a unique phrase riffing off of G.I. Joe in the way that the movie riffed off of G.I. Joe. Does that immediately offend you so much that you can't get over the fact that he actually didn't make this up but stole it? What uh, I feel like there's some sort of disconnect that should be explored there. Like he definitely knew the movie. He was no, he did. Yeah, Chris yeah, Rock yeah, yeah, did. yeah. I'm right. About mo the the people like we're talking about who who were actually so young. But the young that... the younger set, I think, actually, I do understand the joke because, like, I mean, again, the polling seems to show here. I, I'm not going to bring up every single poll because, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. how accurate are they going to be? But it seems to be pretty evenly split. Is sort of the takeaway. And like, honestly, in the one in the group chat i was kind of hoping to get like someone on the other side of the aisle on this I, show here to discuss this as well I, uh, I i i i wanted to halfway confront you in the group group chat but i i didn't you know i uh, i should have just taken the lead uh how bashful of me uh but uh i think there's something uh as far as as far as the polling the real polling that i don't know took place is when you heard Chris Rock say that, did you understand the reference? Yeah, I did. 
you know you did but oh, i yeah. think people younger than you and me uh i, I, th- I think, okay so i what's think, the point where someone probably did not understand it what age? i think they understood the joke even if they didn't understand the reference the joke clearly was a comment about her hair um oh, yeah yeah so yeah, so, so like and and i think that that's that's where the younger set i mean you know if anything like the hair stuff maybe maybe that was more salient than necessarily the movie reference but like yeah if you're like in your mid-30s or whatever you're kind of like young enough to be kind of more down with like what the younger set says but also old enough to understand that like I mean, I remember the comment about Demi Moore when she did the movie of, oh, she's still hot. And let's unpack oh, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's unpack yeah, that that's... for a second. <laughs> so the look in this movie makes you look like a dude. Wouldn't want to have sex with a woman who's looking like a dude. But Demi Moore's so hot that it doesn't matter that she's duding herself up uh, is basically the implication there. Like, yeah. I-, I mean... At, at the core of Rock's joke, it was, hey, Will Smith, your wife looks like a dude now um, like, with, with this new haircut. So even if Rock didn't know about the alopecia, I think that's questionable. I think that's real. I think that's a, that's a very debatable point. Rock knows enough about, he's the director of the movie Good Hair. Uh, he n- knows enough about the good hair side of things and also like having a wife side of things that when you say to a woman uh, in front of their husband hey you kind of look like a dude now um that is a transgressive line absolutely he that that is a point to be made but on the flip side if your if your take on this is predicated upon whether or not chris rock knew your take is already misframed because there there's plenty of meat on the bone as far as as far as the right way to frame this that should neutralize that in your in in your uh conclusion on on this because i think there's too much there's there are too there's too many takes that revolve around whether or not he knew and i think that's the red herring here yeah, I, I agree. I, I think whether or not he knew you still, he knows what G.I. Jane is, is sort of the more important part right, here. Right. Like, like, yeah, like, uh, so, so. I, it would be bad enough to say, hey, just, just Will Smith at the Oscars and like Jada Pinkett Smith at the Oscars. Hey, Jada, your new haircut makes you look like a dude. Uh, like, that's yeah. pretty brutal. Like, like okay, that's so bad that is pretty brutal now um i don't know how much weight i give this yet but there is something to the uh where were you around whenever seth mcfarland was was hosting and where was this outrage in in different ways postscript that that everyone has all this outrage now and so as far as the uh the the moment and what the parlance of the moment calls for, it is that 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 role as far as someone who is you know uh, host not hosting the Oscars, but just uh, uh, it, it is almost uh, you know there is some sort of understanding that roasting is okay, uh, and if it wasn't okay, 
I mean, Seth MacFarlane has crossed the line and not received the blowback he received uh, uh, as far as the PR. Now, he's received blowback as far as we don't want you to host again, but he hasn't really received like that, that. And I guess that's a different conversation on which one of those is. Actually yeah, and like Ricky Gervais, same thing. But like, I also don't have all their jokes sort of at the ready to go through this. I mean, sure, I, sure, I, sure. I, I, I guess I, I guess what I would that. say in the case of like rock, like in one stick to the fucking script stick, the, yes, you write a, that, you write a script his, yeah he when, when you choose when you choose to drive off the road if yeah. you hit like a pedestrian or a small animal or something like that you chose to drive off the road um, okay yeah so you're also someone who's sitting in the front row of the oscars who is apparently only ready to stay seated just so long as no one drives off the road uh and i'm saying if you're going to sit at the front row of the Oscars and and everyone can build their jokes around you because they know you're in the front row and everyone gets that info, you know who's going to be there, you know who you can bounce off of. Uh, you have to understand that you are, you know, as far as, you know, serving the, the you know, the Hollywood as far as a feedback loop, that your you're, you're material. But when, and, and, when has Jada been real? I mean, I'm not like big into the celebs yeah, here. Yeah, no, Jada's I, I, not. It, it's like family. It'd be, it'd be kind of honestly, it'd be kind of like making a joke at like uh, uh the doofus kid. What's his name? Jaden. Uh, like going going after that, that gets a space kid at too. But Rock making a joke at Jaden's expense is also, in my opinion, off limits in this sort of occasion because this is not a roast. This is the Oscars. Uh, like, 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 like you, you could talk about the nominees. The nominees are fine. If you want to make a joke about Smith being on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or you know, tell the truth, or you know, any number of the other moments that he's had. Yeah, through. the way but, he got there was through Will Smith because he was telling a joke about Javier Bardem, I think, or H Javier Bardem, and and then it was like Javier Bardem's wishing Will Smith one instead of him because of some strange thing I don't really understand. And so then he pivots so quickly from Will to Jada. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, as, as far as his, first of all, you're a comedian and you have so much to work off of, and this is what you pick. I, like, I mean, like, it, really, it's, that, you gotta, you gotta own your freelance. Right. Look, not yeah. every, and, and I think I would have, a much easier time being basically on team rock more or less if rock has at any point in this intervening week acknowledged that the joke that he said was fundamentally a sexist um tr transphobic uh it, insensitive because it was mocking disabilities very very bad joke he doesn't need to say and thus i deserve to get hit over that i don't even need him to go that far but i at least need him to acknowledge that the joke that he made was shithouse it was a yeah. shithouse cruel humiliating joke that it oh i mean you know when people go well he didn't know she had alopecia well guess what now everyone in the fucking world knows she has alopecia and yeah. what a horrible way to have that outed uh, like, like what, a, what an awful, awful way to have. And like, right. it really okay. like ruined the entire evening for that family. Clearly she was clearly well, distressed over it. And so I think where Kareem's take on this kind of threads the needle 
is because he does admit in his take that Rock uh, overstepped his bounds with the joke. And the point that that uh, Kareem tries to make is that uh, the I I believe he frames it as and we we can look back at this again as as though uh, as representatives of the African American community we need to show that we have a resilience of, uh, about this sort of thing. And uh, I think that is the core of his argument. I can pull this up again. But... I, I, I get that. But man, doesn't that also or overburden every single individual of a given race to be like, quote unquote, a credit to their race at all moments okay. of all time? Yeah, so like, like, man, that, I, I yeah. hate I kind of hate that. Like, because to Let's, me, it's the, me it starts it at like it starts at was this a transgression bad enough? where one could reasonably expect to get struck. And, and I keep going back to, yeah. And when Smith closed in on Rock, Rock just really didn't do himself any favors. There are three things he did that did him no favors. One, he, he looked at Smith and, and uh, Jada and was like, that was a good joke, uh, which it was not a good joke. It was a bad joke. Then Smith comes up on the stage and Rock's got his hands behind his back like this and he's smiling, which is like, uh, uh, especially if it's clear that it was not a good joke, which it should have been clear. It was not a good joke by the time you're getting like rushed on the stage. He never says, I'm sorry. He never walks it back. I if if he goes will no 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 and he's got his hands up and smith strikes him it's a completely different conversation from me it really yeah. it like it really he does well, nothing to disarm smith because he thinks and and like this seems to be the thing with all the comedians this week that there's this comedian shield that allows you to say shitty fucking things about people because you're the comedian um and like the joke it, the joke is a sacred island and if you can land on it you can indeed make yes. a scathing thing yes. but if the joke is bad if you miss joke island you're in the ocean and you like suffer the consequences and all the sharks and whatever else is in that ocean and in this case like he made a really really bad he made a michael scott joke it's a shitty yeah. michael scott joke yeah and i think he's trying to claim Don Rickles territory when he really worked Michael Scott territory. I think you're, you're, you're right there. Um, and, and, and Don Rickles does something different there. Uh, uh, Don Rickles makes it, Don Rickles could, could even make a joke about her, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be about her bald head. It wouldn't be about, it wouldn't be a GI Jane joke. It, it uh, I don't, I don't know exactly how to, how to contextualize that or, give an example but um i think and you always just gotta be careful about jokes about people's appearance right yeah i mean like that's also some of the rules that rock broke here are like kind of basic comedian rules that your appearance joke unless it's killer will often come off as shallow petty or weak uh, you know, like you want to go for a nose joke. I got a, I got a big nose and it's kind of crooked, but boy, you better have a killer joke on the nose. Otherwise it's just going to make it seem like you're sort of like grabbing at stuff. All right. So how about this? Um, when does, uh, 
when does a joke about Leonardo DiCaprio dating young women go too far? Well, it is certainly different because it's about his lifestyle choices, right? So I think in that case, when you start talking in a way that makes it feel icky about the women, like, like, like I, you know, like <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. So I, I guess yeah, what yeah. you're saying is as a comedian, it's easier to get lost in the gray here. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a choice right. thing. Like right. DiCaprio could date age appropriate people. Right. I'm trying to think of other jokes. I'm trying to think of other jokes. So the joke's about yeah. DiCaprio. It's fine. When the joke is about a girl having, let, let's say like the joke's now about the girl having daddy issues. And like the, the girl is now the center of the focus of the joke rather than Leonardo DiCaprio, the guy who's clearly the maker of the aberrant behavior. That'd be too far. Um, again, like, like it, it, the way someone looks, you've always got to be really careful. Uh, you know, like you can't joke about someone having small tits. Like that's actually not okay in the year 2021. Um, in, in a world where we're debating in this same Oscars, whether it's appropriate for Ellen Page clips to be shown in something featuring Elliot Page. Um, I think we really need to think about the G.I. Jane joke and where it actually sits in terms of acceptability. And, and like in my head, I like I did like the thought experiment of, OK, let's remove the slap from the equation here. If you remove the slap from the equation and Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are just like more or less frothing from from the stands you know i mean like screaming he's like fuck you eat shit or something like that it's like very audible or whatever i think the oscars ends up issuing an apology to will smith um and and the chris rock is memory hold away that we get amy schumer and her mortification for the rest of our lives um and, and that the discourse capital t capital d this week centers around this idea that Chris Rock's joke was really unacceptable on any number of different levels, and it was right, right and good for the Smiths to be upset with him. So right now, as far as what I've heard, uh, all of the already booked Chris Rock shows, the uh, black market value for his tickets have gone through the roof. And he's not so, even saying anything right, about it. The, right. the whim- So in, in this parallel universe where the Smiths did what they did what happens to his black market value right now it plummets or what ah yeah i think it goes down yes i'm with you i I think this this has been net good for him even though there are now people such as myself who like are disgusted with chris rock like i actually think it's gross that he's been turned into a hero in this situation, I don't view Smith as a hero, but the idea that like Chris Rock did anything good or whether they're like, oh, he showed such incredible poise. Oh, what was he going to do? Fight back because he had the moral high ground of calling right, right. somebody's wife like a baldy man looking dude. That's right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Oh, right. oh, boy. What a what a laudable moment that would have been for Chris Rock. But uh, so how is Chris on. Rock supposed to respond in 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 light of being uh i applaud him for taking the l 
You know what I mean? Like taking right. the no, L right. across yeah. the face. Like that. Okay, he took the L. Good. Uh, I, I'll give him credit on that. But no, again, but I, he's not I a guess, hero. Right. You're not a hero if you're taking an L. Right. But I don't know how Chris Rock is supposed to respond by the wrong-headed media treatment. I don't know how he's supposed. To, like, like is he supposed to call out the media who is no, currently I, helping him? Uh, it's weird, right? <laughs> like, I, I get what you're saying, but I still don't. I just, I still don't have. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, I think I, that's I, why he's sort of towing this weird middle ground because I think even I, I'd be interested to see what the conversation was like between Rock and his wife. Yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I, again. This is a guy who directed the movie Good Hair, a generational documentary on African-American hair culture and the importance of hair to appearance, especially among the African-American community and all of the work and effort that goes into it. The man spent years researching so this. If I was to suspect anything getting in the way between Chris Rock contextualizing this here, and not getting why this is such an overstep. Maybe he sees the Smiths as instead of more of a representation of African-American culture, more of a representation of Hollywood Scientologists. Yeah, you know, I was, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I was almost going to go there too, where it's like now you have to get into the specifics of the Smiths. I am not a Will and Jada Smith uh authoritative person well, in, uh, like, in as opinion, i said this is, i love the celebs yeah. we know this we like yeah. this this is a celeb show but so th i actually don't know anything point. about that really <laughs> i'm gonna prove that this is a celeb show damn it i'm gonna bring up Andy I, Warhol uh, here. dj uh, jazzy so <laughs> jeff is is one of my top five favorite djs so one of the points in the andy warhol documentary uh, that came out at netflix that was i think pretty valid is that people gave Andy Warhol some sort of cred for having a connection to the African-American community when the connections he had were uh, folks the likes of Grace Jones and Michael Jackson. Uh, the, these are not people, and this is, this is not my take it just specifically, but I, I think I, I, think I uh, will, will uh, uh, be an advocate for it. Uh, but the documentary said that like he was he was given credit in the art world as being some sort of of conduit and being some sort of when, when in reality his connection was to African Americans who were extremely famous and ha had it not been for their fame he would have nothing in common with these people uh, and so I do see Chris Rock possibly just in in his in his day-to-day -day understanding of the smiths uh considering the smiths as more hollywood scientologists than fellow african-americans and this now gets into like the checklist of things that i don't feel qualified enough to opine on and, uh, right I'll, and I, one, I have to stop one, right there no <laughs> one the slap culture and scientology i i've read stuff on this i just don't know enough about it to like give That's you a any thing? yeah it's apparently a thing like apparently the slap is used to like to break uh your i don't know your thetans or some shit it's uh, you know like i don't fucking know like they they the planet xenu nukes in the volcanoes i like, they use slaps i apparently okay. that's a scientology thing i don't know enough about it clearly was chris rock cursed did that happen 
As far as Will Smith is oh, that, concerned, that, did, 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 the he hex, just curse? did the hex get put on him when the five figures met yeah. the face? Yeah, and how do you feel about this now that you know that Will Smith cursed Chris Rock with the slap? Uh, you know, if if Rock that- had if Rock had the hex put on him, I think that's a bit far. I I mean, I think what was said was said. Slap was slap. No need for hex. No need for hex. Yeah, yeah. I I I, so, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I found your asterisk. Let's. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would. I I, like- no, no. Well, moment. <laughs> moment is past. Moment is past. You can't. You can't generationally curse the man. Uh, like that's fucked up. Or can you? I, I mean, look, you, it, one could. I don't think it. My position is, I do not think it is correct or good to generationally hex the man. I would not. Um. I so I'm not. Like- I, and then obviously the. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I feel like we covered that one. I, I got to move on. Black hair culture. I don't actually feel like super comfortable getting into it any deeper than we, we, we have at this point. Suffice it to say that like, I feel like I understand more than zero on that subject. Well, and, I understand and, more than zero on bald joke culture. How about that? I, that's I, that also true. Yeah. And then like, I, <laughs> bald joke culture. And then like double that for a woman. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, well, you know, no, I, I remember or maybe, a maybe line, I remember a specific moment on a dart bus where someone called me a skinhead and I, I, I said, dude, give me five minutes and I'll find you a picture of my last haircut and you'll understand why I have this haircut. It's not racially motivated. Like it's cause there is no other option. Like plan, plan B is making something of this and that's not tenable. And, and you you're you're wrong <laughs> you bring up one last point that that i had sort of not even included in my list that i was like rallying rattling off the other day ball jokes comedians know better than ball jokes ball jokes are fucking lazy like, they like are. yeah like that like be, you know like they're almost always not funny i feel like the last time a ball joke somewhat landed was because people knew LeBron James was uncomfortable about it. Right. No. You know why a ball joke tends to be good is when a person is covering it up. Trump. LeBron. Like, yeah. LeBron with the, like, headbands and, like, the the one gra- – I, I, I know I've said this to you, the graphic of, like, the different headbands through the – like, the headband progression. That's – funny it's not i can laugh uh, at that you right. can't you can't laugh no at i'm that. allowed to la- i'm allowed to laugh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stop that, the, it, that but that's not it's not funny because of the denial it's funny because of or it's not funny because of the balding it's funny because of the covering up you yeah, know what yeah, I, yeah, right. yeah 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 right, right yeah like, like like the real crux of that is oh he's covering it up and like it's like ridiculous how much like you know but that doesn't transfer over to the african-american community because no and, and also J- wearing a wig and jada was not covering up anything right if anything she yeah. was trying to make a very outfacing state <laughs> like that's the worst part is to your point they could she could do a wig um she yeah. elected very visibly to not do the wig and embrace her bald head look um in a public facing way and I, I don't know if it was the first time or one of the first times but i think it's like one of the first times at minimum and during that one of the first times moment rock goes for a cheap shot on it and yeah. says you look like a man and I, I think one of the one of the one of the things that makes me 
a little haywire about this issue is in my opinion a woman with a shaved head is just exuding confidence and for 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 someone i know that the the alopecia part of this is not something where it's chosen for her but it doesn't seem as though she is an unconfident bald person it seems as though she has figured out a look that i would give respect i give respect to i think if you if it's you a great look her, no no I, it's it's a great look for her yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah now like, also yeah some people are just cursed with asymmetrical heads as well and she doesn't have one of those uh she she looks she looks appropriate with a bald head and and you know i'll uh there, there are some people that you know if you get alopecia and then you have this this head that is asymmetrical you're dealing with a much different problem of, of, of the look of pulling this off uh but i think part of me is like why is she why is she not confident or is this about her not being confident and it feels like it feels like there's some angle of like how dare you insult me with this thing that hurts me now i'm going to continue my confidence as i continue to have a bald head like i i I I know that I'm I I'm not allowing her the space to be. So you know what I think it is. I think when it's like when we're saying confident here, I think we have to contextualize what this type of confidence is versus general confidence, right? Like this sort of confidence is is more like uh, working on arriving at confidence. It's more like a. <laughs> to be an asshole philosopher here, a Heideggerian confidence where you're trying to approach that point, you're not quite there okay. yet. Okay, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're coming. That's what to, I'm talking about. So it would be like, like I, I'll give you another example. Let's imagine a celeb. I don't know who they lose their leg, um, and they choose to like appear at an award ceremony. We'll say it's a female, um, in a slip gown that showcases the metallic replacement leg that this person now has um assume again the celebrity is married to someone else who's also a celebrity i'm just like not even gonna name names it's not relevant here like what's not okay is to then make a joke about how she's getting ready to appear as the first female terminator um that like that like okay. oh, one step closer to being the first terminator no yeah. she's wearing the leg she's doing the gown with the leg because yeah. she's like getting ready to own it this whole like ha 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 you're the terminator now thing or like you're gonna be mega man someday like no like, get ready to upload your consciousness onto the internet uh is not actually a funny thing to hear when you've just lost your limb and you're still getting used to that i don't know that it would actually be cool ever and that's like i guess the secondary question here um again let's assume she lost the arm and someone makes a joke she's gonna be mega man now that she's got the mecha arm um you, you know, know what i i this is hitting too close to real i swear paul mccartney was married to a woman he was yeah lost a leg in a was it a bomb like she was always an advocate for for uh, uh unexploded landmines or something and and i don't know if that's how she lost yeah yeah I, I i remember this but though yeah i feel like back in the back in the bad days of the 90s i feel like there were some paul mccartney wife jokes uh uh this is interesting. Yeah, that, that's 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 pretty it's pretty close to uh something at least with with uh, a background to it. I'm gonna have to look that up. I, I swear there were some some really bad jokes related to his wife. Uh, yeah, that, that and, used and, to be appropriate. 
but but probably were never appropriate to do it. Even those comedians at the time knew better than right. to do them in front of Paul, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Like, right. like, and not for nothing, Paul's probably the type of guy who would come and give you five across the eyes. So if we're that's talking, true. Yeah, that's if we're true. talking, we're talking about nineties, eighties, or nineties. Paul probably didn't give you five across the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I Paul loves his wives. Uh, yeah, like he loved he loved Linda, like, like and and and, I, and it seems like all of his marriages were were very you know like deep and committed. Uh, you know, he's he's a passionate guy. Uh, no, he'd give you five across the ass. Uh, I I mean, look, uh, I think I think it is a matter of debate. Like the the rushing of the stage is so like aggressive. It's it's real questionable. Like if if Smith had caught up to rock at the after party and given him five across the eyes. I don't think like you can really kind of even question that. I think, I think where I sort of like land in the middle ground, I go like, okay, I'm with you. Like it was too far doing it right on the stage at that moment or whatever. Um, At the same time, I just keep circling back to, well, who's the catalyst for that? Fucking Chris Rock is Chris Rock chose to go off script. Chris Rock, formulated that joke and like that joke got that reaction and like it, you gotta right. own your words you so, gotta own your words speaking of you have to own your words i think it's also based on him going off script if you knew that this was green lighted by someone else are you do you feel different i i mean dude if i knew this was green lit by someone else i think smith and pinkett like go nuclear uh, right, like, but not yeah. on Chris Rock. But not well, on Chris Rock. I, no, no, because I mean, like, look, I mean, if it's his script, he submitted it in the Oscars. People were like, "Oh, that's fine." Um, uh, like, dude, like, I, I mean, I don't, without even knowing the specifics of the Smiths, um, that shouldn't have been fine. Uh, and so, like, like, and, and with whatever specifics I know about, like, their weirdness. Again, not, I'm not qualified enough to talk about their biographies. That'd be another thing right. on the checklist. Um, but I do know, like, they're kind of known as volatile people um especially jada i i don't i don't care again i don't care about the conspiracies or any of that stuff all that says i don't give a shit about the conspiracy um like i mean if you find out that it was written by rock submitted to the oscars they reviewed it i i mean like that moment so i'm supposed to get an oscar this night but also like included in this evening's a like fucking way beyond the line shot at my wife's appearance um okay so uh speaking of that speaking of i'm supposed to get it and he did get an oscar did you catch much of his speech as he won the oscar and how appropriate do you think it was for him to connect the Williams story to his own story. So I've, like, I think I've only seen it once or twice, but I know, I know the little moment that you're talking about here. Boy, I, I mean, they never think it's like, I, I don't think they should have made him go, but like he should have been told, Hey, you're getting the Oscar and you're saying nothing. Like you're gonna go up, you're gonna hold up the Oscar, you're gonna say, I wanna thank, 
Yeah. Imagine you, your imagine you know, your Will your, Smith your little multi yeah. multi minute speech is now one paragraph. I yeah. want to thank blank 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 blank, and I also want to thank blank 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 blank. I love blank blank blank. Thank you. Good night. That's all you get now, Will. Uh, that should have been what's going on there. I thought it was weird to like try to make it like a day i you know this is where smith created problems for himself and sort of like opened up the discord to this by trying to make this like historicity argument that like this connects back to the williamses and i'm like this other notable black historical figure that i played in a film and stuff now it made people go like well what does that say about black culture and what does that you know what does that mean in terms of civility and blah 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 you know like it it made the moment more meta, like Smith started opening the door, then in, in a way, I guess that sort of like makes it sort of more inexcusable. If he had just kept it about a man and his wife and like a line being crossed, it's one thing when you go like, just showing that we have a proud tradition of being whatever. I, I, I don't even know what the word would be. Um, I think that's a much more tenuous argument, clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I, I think if you're Will Smith's agent, yeah, you, you tell him say as little as possible. And yeah. Don't, don't make Boy. what just happened connect to the movie that you were an actor in and you did not write or direct or you you were just... The implicit were... argument in his speech is that somehow what he did made the night more real. For, for towards, towards like, it was in service of the performance in the movie. And, like, that's... Again, I'm kind of pro slap if you can't tell. That's a baffling argument. No. No. Yeah, I'm not as much pro slap, but I am. You had to see the slap coming. I I don't know where what that's how that's different than than pro slap, but I I, I mean, like yeah, I it, it acknowledges transcript. Yeah, you know what I mean like, okay, I'm with you. Maybe maybe I am in sort of like the door was opened to slap and like the slap was in the bounds of reasonable expectations yes. after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like doesn't make what the guy does is right per se, but like he slapped, not punch. So like when you see like Judd Apatow being like, he could have killed him. Like, Oh, come on. Slap, slap. Like, there's a reason they do slap competitions on ESPN yeah. with dudes who are like Herculean, and no one's worried about what if you slap him and kill him. Uh, like, 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 and these guys are huge. They're massive. Uh, talk about Will Smith here. Talk about Will Smith. Like, 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 if if one of those pro slapper guys came up on behalf of Will Smith and like did did like. A competition slapped a rock. Okay, sure. Like waylaid him. Okay. Um. Like no, nah, I. It was slap, not punch. He didn't tackle. He didn't. You know. He didn't kick him in the nut. You know. Like that. It was. It's right at. It was right at the line. But like, I mean, I can't say like I. You know, was it right? Man. But like, boy, Rock had like three opportunities there to stop it from happening, and he definitely didn't. It was a good joke. Oh, you're coming on the stage like and said like, oh, ah, sorry, uh, and then then this thing that like 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 I, I, this is this is like the universal single symbol for 
hit me, I don't take you seriously. Uh, even if you don't think it is, it so obviously is. Don't hit me. The universal symbol for that is you have your hands up. Your hands are open like you're not even trying to throw a fist or anything. You're just trying to stop fists from coming in and, and you're covering your face. That's don't hit me. This is I'm not even scared of you. I don't even need my hands for this one. Yeah. I I think the to to go one notch away from this um I did think the connection uh, we were chatting about re- related to Rogan was interesting because the the three of 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 the Rogan connection to Spotify and the Oscar I there's something like what, so so let, go ahead, quickly, go before ahead. you before you jump rails to this i i just yeah. want to make sure they they catch up with us here yeah. so rogan has a comedian on and like uh, all, all the white comedians now they're like they're saying things like well geez louise what, what what if people could just come up and start hitting us now um which like again the answer continues to be on this like what like you know you see someone's at the show and they they are mentally handicapped don't make a retarded joke about them and you'll probably be okay like you know don't make a bald joke probably gonna be okay that's a good rule to run with uh i mean really like if rocket just ran with that basic one um which is also good for ending up with stronger comedic material too um don't make a bald joke you're you're off to the races here you don't have this problem um but then Joe Rogan goes one step further and talks about Smith's actions and is like, what Smith did was so unacceptable because he modeled bad behavior on such a large platform. And sure, maybe not everyone is going to model the behavior that Will Smith modeled, but some people might. There might be some people now who come up on the stage and slap comedians. Yes. And that would be That's... that would be bad and unacceptable. And like the obvious thing that I commented on is ah, Joe Rogan doing what he does best, weighing in on the matters of the world without possibly applying how his take applies to himself. Yeah. <clears throat> so it it does seem like it worthwhile to to put that thought experiment through because he is claiming or his his listenership i guess is crying more foul than he is uh, about certain episodes have been removed now that i'm on spotify and only certain things are well are, he's are, still are, doing this whole thing of i won't do this if i have to walk on eggshells thing but like to your point essentially what he is making an argument for is a deplatforming of Will Smith because of this one thing, which is very much cancel culture. Uh, like well, like that we're, we're or... canceling we're canceling Will Smith because like he broke Joe Rogan's comedian code. But the code is also saying the the platform matters. Uh, uh, you can't you can't perform your calculus until you you understand the platform, and. Uh, that is admitting that once you are on Spotify, there's a new set of rules, but he isn't admitting that 
he's he is crying foul as the why can't i just do my thing and be on spotify he still thinks uh, that he's like this teeny tiny podcast that's doing like you know fifty thousand views on youtube or whatever and the reality is is he is one of the biggest operators in media and the right still kind of like they've stopped actually kayfabing with this too like he's just not an indie podcast so like yeah i i think sometimes he believes his own hype here too but yeah okay joe take your argument seriously then i i guess you need to start modeling better behavior and tell people to go and get vaccinated and like actually take certain stances that you're not taking uh because there's this risk joe that when you say i don't know about these vaccines or ivermectin's good even though yet another study has come out saying that ivermectin doesn't do anything and didn't work um that maybe people took ivermectin and even like if just a small amount of people did that just like if a one person rushes the stage at a comedian who makes a bad joke somewhere ever in the united states that's probably will smith's fault and thus it's probably your fault joe like yeah and so we have yeah yeah so we have we have did will smith make other people slap comedians and then we have did joe rogan make other people take the wrong drugs when they got covid i, and I mean one of these problems is more substantial than the one other. of these has already <laughs> happened yes exactly. I, I would like yeah, to i'd go further <laughs> Joe Rogan's construction is hypothetically this could happen and if so it would be bad it has not happened yet so let's apples to apples this and say that Rogan's construction is right we must fight against this future um it also happened with Joe Rogan yeah versus the would-be comedian threat yes yeah I feel like we we I, I don't know i don't know what i don't know where else to go with it people i hope you all enjoyed <laughs> that discourse um I, I here's what i will say about this i i guess this will kind of pivot us into the next subject here i have noticed this week that there are really two sorts of subsets of libs progressives left of center types and the term i sort of coined for them in our little group chat are the violence is never okay liberals and the what i call the fight for your family liberals uh the type of people who basically go like no like i'm teaching my kids not to punch other people in the face but if you come and you cross the line with my wife my children my dog you know you know i mean like like any number of things yes at that point i'm I will fight you and I am teaching my family those same values. These are the values I expect out of like, there are certain lines you don't cross um, in this family. Um, and, and they generally are centered around the family. So it's not, you know, no, you don't go and fight someone if they just like, sir, I challenge you to satisfaction. Like, it's not like, you know, like <laughs> old, old style duels or whatever, but like, yeah, no, like they're like certain things. This shouldn't, it's weird, and we can talk about this side real quickly before we pivot. Like, it's weird that conservatives are having a hard time processing this because these are the same people who want you to have a gun to protect your family, right? Like, I mean, I, so I think this subset's pretty clear. It's just like, I fight for my family. I'm not going to kill for my family because, like, I'm not, like, necessarily super into killing. I would uh, if I had to. Um, but the same conservatives who would, like, just shoot someone when they really should just fight them, like, are like, 
Fight for your family, liberals. <laughs> Where's this coming oh, from? You also, barbarians. Yeah. Are, are you going to make the same set of jokes when you're in an open carry uh, audience? Uh, I don't know. Or maybe if you have to make different jokes, you should anyway. I feel like that's an, that's illustrative of another point. Yeah, right, 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 right. If if it's suddenly a bad idea in an open carry audience, was it ever a good idea? Uh, yeah, is an there, interesting there's, question. There's there's Bill Hicks making fun of the waitress, uh, making fun of him. What, what are you, some reader? We got ourselves um, a reader. Yeah. And, and so you're you're making fun of if when Bill Hicks does that joke in the South, he's taking a risk because someone's mama out there works for Waffle House. Uh, but you're 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 not exactly. It's different. It, it's not as point. It's not as specific. Uh, no no one has to know that your mama works at waffle house uh it's but he, he's not making a joke about someone specifically in the audience he's making a joke about culture which you can you can deny and you can walk out on but it's not it's not you the 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 you with that culture it's it's i i think there's still a way to to do pointed things uh to people who might be carrying and and not have that happen so this new development of the violence is never okay liberal cohort alarms me i'm not gonna lie uh, especially as they seem to have won the day in the media because this violence is never okay cohort sort of like seeds the first it seeds the first movement to the incivil person um, the violence is never okay cohort of liberals is basically like the mirror image of the civility Republicans. And the problem with civility culture is that you are ever like ceding ground to the incivil side of the aisle. They do something incivil and rather than pushing back against them, which would be incivil in its own way, you do nothing which somehow regains civility and you just cede a little bit of territory. It's, right, a, little bit, it's also, a little bit of Neville Chamberlain. Yeah, but also do nothing is so much different to them than the active interest in civil disobedience uh, or, or yes, in, in yes. some sort of nonviolent aggressive tactic. It's, it's more, it's, it's, it's different. It's no, do nothing, do nothing is close to take it. Cause like as essentially the right, answer right. for what they would have Will Smith do is sit there and his wife sits there and they just accept the slight and act like it's not a pro like essentially the, the answer from a lot of the uh, violence is never okay. Civility caucus is that the joke was fine. Right. And and so or, or I, the joke was somehow not offensive enough to reach the point of being a deep slight. Like like even if you want to say not physical violence, okay, sure, deep slight, surely. Um, and it doesn't. The problem with this violence is never okay thing. Much in the same way as we'll see this kind of poured into like political solutions, is it doesn't actually solve for what is will and what are will and jada supposed to do you know they have to go home together they have to live with this moment um 
should they not be seeking a, an apology out of Chris Rock? Like, like, is it, is it supposed to be like, just hope that society or something will shame Chris Rock into apologizing for having done the bad thing? And does that undo the bad thing in, in a moment that was supposed to be a great moment for him? No, it doesn't. He never gets that day back. Even if he gets an apology down the line, he never actually gets the moment back. Like, Rock... Rock has taken something that Rock cannot replace here. And like the violence is never okay. Civility caucus is sort of like, well, you know, you're, the answer is you just take that. And I, I, I think that, that like, if you really think about that, that's unsatisfactory. Yeah, it's, it's unsatisfactory to me. And I don't know, I don't know how you, you confront them with anything other than, uh, there are different ways to do nothing <laughs> because it's one thing to, to, you know, say like, look, you should really be doing something more active about this. And it's another way of to tell these people who are so used to doing nothing, like here's how you're coming off as you're doing nothing. There are different ways to come off as you do nothing. The, the ways that I need you to just, you know, tweak your your non-response is 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 not that much effort out of you like that's the whole point about the whole non-response like uh, like i wonder like with the smith thing if he just he just said keep keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth and he just, just said that twice if it would be more powerful like if the words that he said would be more powerful without the slap uh or if that even matters uh but if if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to get through to this crowd who just doesn't see any sort of violent reaction or, or violence as, as as some sort of way that yeah you're you're seeding ground before it it even uh becomes something like that isn't there some sort of uh this is some sort of strategic parallel in in conflict when when the uh when the aggressor knows where your line is it's it's kind of like they telling, just keep, they just keep pushing the line forward a little yeah. I, I mean well, like this yeah when you say you're leaving afghanistan in 12 months uh civility it, culture is essentially the losing side of the trench warfare against the incivil um is sort of the way i think about this like when you're when they're sitting here and be like well we gotta be polite we gotta be you know blah blah no i'm sorry if you've got people who want to do fundamentally uncivil things they are going to need to be resisted in a way that will sometimes come off as mean because like look they're mean people who want to do mean things um for ex when i say mean things i mean by mean I mean, like restricting access to contraceptive care, not just abortive services now, but restricting access to contraceptive care for women. The, this is not a nice thing to do. It would not be a nice thing for me to go and take away somebody's yeah. birth control if I did that individually. It's a mean thing. Um, and the people who want to do this are mean people, and you're going to have to have yeah. moments where it's not going to be pleasant or comfortable like the the mean people are not going to just realize they're mean and degrinchify themselves and have a kumbaya session and we're all smiling at the end they're gonna have to be defeated they're gonna have to be defeated 
what what does this uh crowd think is the would have been the best response to the capital riots i think honestly they think that the committee is the best response this this do nothing committee is, is actually probably right up their alley they, and and if we have one of them on right now they would be like well we have a committee on that and, and you and i of course would like chuckle and go like yeah all right it's a race against the clock the electoral clock who you betting on uh and how much oh. money would you want to put down and your, your bride's like pulling out his wallet I, I, <laughs> like we were talking about investments before the show i got a different idea chris uh getting double all the nothing on these uh no because like that committee isn't going to do anything. And Merrick Garland is absolutely not going to do anything. But like that whole violence is never the answer thing. It's again, basically a mirror of civility. So they want to let the system work here. Like don't, don't force the issue. Uh, you know, yeah, see, so it, to, to bring this back to a comedian, <laughs> there's a recent uh, uh, comedy uh, special on Netflix uh, that was through Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, like, I don't know if he funded this or guy's name is uh, Earthquake. And Earthquake did a bit on like, imagine like, and this guy uh, was also a, a former uh, military, uh, served in the military. And he said, I, I have imagined myself as a, as a capital guard. And like, and I, I'm imagining the opportunity to shoot these people. And I don't know when I would stop shooting these people like and that's basically the opposite of that. But what I'm saying is those same people would sit in that crowd and listen to him make a joke about that and laugh their ass off. And I don't understand how you can laugh at that and not walk out of that if that's how you really believe. But I know they'll get there. They'll go there. Uh, and they'll laugh at that joke, even though they say that violence is never the answer. Violence is never the answer, but they would. They, in that case, they go well. But state usage of justified violence is justified. The state does have the monopoly on violence, and moreover, essentially saying that the people who were involved in the Capitol protests, as they're laughing, realizing without realizing it, that they should be facing much more deep justice than they're currently facing. And that's sort of the whole problem with the violence is never the answer, uh, civility, let's sit down and try to reason with these Republicans, they'll come to their senses. Like the, the stuff I've been talking about yeah. so much to the point where I felt like I've not actually had things to riff on at times. And so I'm like, getting ready to tape. I'm like, oh, we're gonna talk about this again, but it's the same stuff. The, like the violence is never the answer thing. Like this Will Smith thing ports into the Supreme Court thing, ports into the Ukraine thing, because like, this is a problem with modern liberalism and why it is not up to the challenges and the tasks of facing modern conservative conservatism down at a state level. And the thing is, I'm saying this with the privilege of being a white dude who is straight. I, you know, don't have to worry about trans issues. Um, I don't have to worry about contraceptive access. And yet at the same time, I am seeing it all around me I, I am seeing the fear i am seeing the concern and that's from the outside looking in on privilege hill um it's not conjectural anymore
And these violence are never the answer types are also the same ones who I think in a lot of cases get to live on conjectural hill, on privilege hill with me. But instead of looking from privilege hill down and having a better view of the battlefield, they're looking from privilege hill down and going like, cool, at least the water's not coming up here. And it's nauseating to me. Because like, if you don't go down and fight for these people's rights, which is going to require upsetting some Christians and having some incivil moments with some Christians and Bible thumpers, because that's who it is. Let's like cut to the chase here. Who are the ones who want to outlaw abortion? Who are the ones who want to like make it so you can't say gay and try to wind that back and maybe repeal Obergefell? Um, contraceptive services. These are Christians. These are people who are doing this for metaphysics. Um, you're going to have to have some incivil moments. You're going to have to occasionally say things that are incivil, like, I'm sorry, you can believe whatever you want on Sunday, but you can't actually make us believe your metaphysical stuff. Like, that's not okay. We can't all live under your metaphysics and I know you love God and like he's real to you and that's exactly how I feel God is real to you and you should have that right to have God be real to you but when you make God real and really make God the law of the land it's not okay I'm sorry um like you, it's going to require uncomfortable moments where you make Christians uncomfortable um in civil moments and that's the problem with violence is never the answer. That's the problem with civility politics. And like, I mean, then that gets us to the Supreme Court here. Great that we're getting Kentahi Jackson Brown on the court. I, I got to tell you, watching the hearings, the more I heard her and the more he listened to her, like when she wasn't getting like berated or whatever, and she was just like being herself. I really like her. Like, like I think, I think. I liked Sotomayor a lot. I, I'm still a big Sotomayor fan. She, there's something about her that's real cool. Um, but I, I mean, there's something about ja Jackson feels like a real person in the way that like all the rest of them kind of don't like, and I'm like really excited for her to be on the court. I think she's going to write some fantastic opinions and like, just be a fantastic writer, but let's not kid ourselves that like making this court three, six again is, is, is fixing it. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. If if uh, if I had to wonder about the overall net gain and net loss of getting behind Biden as opposed to someone else, I think one of the things you you wonder is um, well, as, the problem with Liz well, and Bernie is they're both kind of violence is never okay liberals. Uh, well, as as far as the the Supreme Court uh, nomination goes. You wonder when any president gets the chance, who are you going to actually pick? And among the people you could have picked, how far to the left or to the center do you go? Or to on the flip side, how so, far to the right you go? This actually, so, no, you, you bring up something interesting here because it made me think about the civility thing one more time. The whole reason Jax is going to get on the court is because the Republicans have decided to not be incivil here. Right. But what was the Democrats' plan had the Republicans actually decided to not be civil here? Yeah, it's I don't not know. Clear to, it's not clear to me that they had much of a play. Like, Mitch McConnell's going to let this one clear through. I think it's because they're real sus on Clarence Thomas's health, and they want to keep their, their powder dry for that. Um, but if McConnell had chosen to pull the mansion lever and be like, it's flip time, Joe, I, I, I'm ready to cash that chip... Uh, what was their plan? What was their plan? 
Yeah, and and from there, let's say uh, let's say Bernie won in, instead of Biden. Who was Bernie going to nominate instead of her? And based on nominating that person, what experience, how is it going to be any different than the way it was? I think it makes it even easier to pull the mansion lever. Like, I, I, and I feel it's the same way with Warren, too. So, like, don't, like, let it people go, this is uh, Chris is just bashing Bernie thing. No. I'm just, you're looking at the lay of the land here. And Jackson is, I think, about as good as you could hope for. Uh, and I, from I don't. From what I heard, uh, there were three possible it wasn't the Clyburn one. At least it at, wasn't the Clyburn one. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know of a Clyburn connection to. No, there was. The, there was okay. the the Clyburn one sucked. There was the one that Clyburn and Graham liked. Uh, that was from South Carolina. Okay, she, it was not good. Uh, so I mean, I think we are given the makeup of Congress living in the best of all possible worlds. But this again gets me back to the. Violence is never the answer. Civility, let's not rock the boat crowd. Um, if you don't think about a world where the Senate works differently, um, a world where you know where you're starting to think about bigger, more bedrock issues and you're just trying to play the game on this very sort of narrow, uneven, fundamentally unfair board, this is the world you operate in. Uh, can tell you Jackson Brown's about as good as you can expect. Um, not bad. Uh, but like, you know, about as good as you can expect. And it's going to be, it's going to be three, six. And uh, even if Joe Biden gets a chance to replace Clarence Thomas, let us whisper of a dream. I don't know that that chance is going to manifest into a reality. I don't think he can get the court back to five, four, uh, five, four on the losing side. Um, I, I, I don't think he can do it. Yeah. Based on how far along things were when uh, McConnell pulled the Biden rules stunt. If Clarence Thomas have, if, if Clarence Thomas were to step down after the midterms, it definitely wouldn't be before the midterms. I couldn't see anything that happens after the midterms is Biden rule engaged. It's not even a precedence that, that McConnell would have to make. He can just say, Hey, this was the deal for uh, what was it, Gorsuch, and 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 this will be the deal again. And and he'll uh, propose just if anything, he will propose removing seats from the Supreme Court to make it more clear. They will have this entire great argument of oh, expand the court. Why not condense it? Um, and the way that will work is that they can basically condense the court all the way down to six, and they still only have three three. Uh, like, like they can basically start shedding members for two more things. And like, unless you think Alito is going to stroke out or something like that, even if that happens, they can just keep going. No, 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 we're not for expanding the court. We're for, you know, uh, contracting the court. Um, Democrats want to expand it. We want to contract it. Uh, yeah, that, that's how they're going to play this. That, that, that's, that's the math. Now they've, they've set themselves up real nicely for this. I like how you can make a small government. <laughs> play and and just line that up with your small supreme court and 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 your whole 
most people will just follow you down that road. The, the genius of so much of Republican <laughs> shit is that it's so self-serving, but like it actually, <laughs> dude, it's like they're great arguments. Like they're, they're, they're great weasel arguments. Cause you, you just start with small is good um, mm -hmm. as, as like your fundamental yeah. faulty premise that small equals good. And you can kind of work a whole bunch of bullshit from that. Yes. And we, we have the, the smallest good crowd versus the we can't decide if occasionally being violent is okay crowd uh i like there we go uh, i mean yeah uh, so uh, it, it, again it, it, it's not like are there lines where it, it it meets the occasion to fight um and and i just i like yeah and on I, the, flip the supreme side, court to yeah. me is going to be one of those why do i say that it goes back to those exact same groups of people those imperiled groups of people i mentioned we didn't even get into, like immigrants and stuff like if you don't fight for them they are going to get squished uh they're the first ones on the front line like uh, I don't think people are really wrestling with the idea of what's it going to be like. Let's say you're in your late twenties, early thirties, um, and you're dating somebody been dating for like, I don't know, five, six months. It's going right. Um, things are cool. You don't know if you know, she don't know, you don't know. Um, or you're, you're her and you, you switch the gen genders. It doesn't matter. Um, or, or, you know, don't switch the genders and make it the same gender. It doesn't matter. Um, you're not sure all the way. Well, I guess actually in this case, it does matter. Um, you're not sure all the way if this is the person you want to like have a family with or whatever, but you guys are sexually active. You use condoms sometimes. Um, she accidentally gets pregnant. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have choices. You guys are both grown adults. Grown adults who like go to the liquor store, who like get rental cars and stuff. But like her option is essentially in some cases is in if in this future not even going to be to go out of state she is going to be required to move away forever in order to have an abortion um that is the future that like if we don't fight for it this is what we are conscripting um us as men the women in our lives who we care about or are involved with um and also our children and also the and then also trans groups i, I mean any number of other groups here that doesn't even get into like the critical race theory and shit like that you know the removing books from if we don't the books thing's a good example though if you don't fight for what's in your school library guess what they're just gonna keep pulling stuff out until there's nothing left but the bible and a couple of American history books written by right-wing authors like Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a scary road to consider. Uh, uh, the road of, it's not fun to fight, but you've got to have things worth fighting for in this life. It's what gives us purpose. Yeah, well, I, it's why I still have... why why saying something worth fighting for is a tired cliche. It's because it's so essential to who we are as people. Yeah, there's there's still a big disconnect I have with this crowd who um, is adherent to nonviolence, but is not proponent of nonviolent forms of aggression. Um, it would seem that that would go hand in hand, seeing no, as no. that is your only real weapon. Because but that's why have... I say it's really downstream of civility. 
is is that even nonviolence is in civil. Martin Luther King got arrested. Yeah. How, how rude is that? Probably. I mean, they 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 had to dispatch police. It was a disruption. Sirens were occurring. People's dinners were disrupted. Brunches were ruined. Um, and this is what this is what I'm saying. Like, like the violence is never the answer crowd. Um, and this is why in particular, if you're a lefty and you think you're part of this group, really think about what being part of that group's putting you in league with here. Because I submit to you that you can't be pro-revolution and pro-civility. Um well, it's it's also disheartening that there is such a narrow lane politically, because on the flip side, you have uh, the violence is okay, but then you get too far into the violence okay is okay, and uh, that crowd on the left also adheres to other opinions. It, right, it, right, 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 right. And, and this is why, again, I really want to make my ideology, if you fight for your family or there are some things worth fighting for, um, uh, uh, that's the shorthand for where I stand on this stuff, um, politically speaking or, you know, interpersonally. Like, there there are things in this life worth fighting for, at least for me. I, and it's funny, if you go back to the last episode, I'm talking about this stuff like a month ago. So, like, like uh, you know... I, I talk about sort of like having shit to, that's worth fighting for is sort of like an animating thing for me. It's important. Um, if you don't care about, if you don't care about anything enough at that level, like, I don't know, what's the point of anything anymore? I, 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 where, where is one glean purpose? I, I guess is what I'd say. Like, like things have to rise to that level of love, at least for me in this world. Um, and yeah, I think that needs to happen politically speaking. And then like, uh, you know, that then that gets us into our last topic here, which is Ukraine. Um, as we are talking now, I, I don't want to use the word stalemate. Like that's that feels like the wrong terminology here. But like the Russians definitely feel like they do not have a path to victory at this point. Um, and that they are sort of trying to figure out how to manufacture a moment that looks decisive enough that they can manufacture a victory celebration out of that thing. Uh, and that seems increasingly fleeting. And also uh, the operations are increasingly helter skelter. Like this, this thing about uh, all the soldiers getting nuclear radiation exposure, all the Russian soldiers. Uh, I mean, you, you, you asked the question. I think it's a fair one. How far up the chain of command does one have to think about that? You know, like, seems like, seems You're like. You're sending troops into Chernobyl? Yeah. You give them, you give them a rundown. Yeah. Uh, it could be even a short rundown, but don't dig is, is part of it, right? I, I mean, it seems to me like there's a human rights issue for the Russian soldiers. I know, like, we're not necessarily yeah, thinking of the most. Yeah, because you shouldn't. Because they no, should be thrown into these situations. Like it, it part of like modern warfare is supposed to be like, no, you're not supposed to suicide bomber your troops like this. Uh as mm. as a state actor. Um uh, to me, as as the weeks have gone on, I mean it's been four weeks since we've weighed in on this. Biden has crossed multiple, multiple red lines on this one for me. Uh once you call Vladimir Putin a war criminal. And he has said that multiple times. He says what's happening is war crimes. I'm sorry, that means something, and that has 
things attached to it. Kind of like the same way that like if like I called Brian a drug dealer, he is not. The reason I do not say that is because that if I call Brian a drug dealer, there are things implicatively to that. Um, like the cops should take action against Brian. Like, like, like there is a chain of that. This is why you don't, for example, call someone like Republicans are doing pedophiles. Because when you say that, like that, there's a chain of actions that, that sequences off of this. You don't call someone like a, a rapist. Chain of actions that follows off of that. Um, like the beyond it just being a scurrilous thing to say, part of why it is so scurrilous is because there's actually a sequence of events when you call someone a war criminal there is an implied chain of action off of that and either biden has been loosely saying this phrase in, in a way that is absolutely reprehensible uh because it, it, it makes it meaningless or worse or maybe not as actually no i think that's the worst one um or, or kind of what I think is more likely here, Biden is saying it and then people are like, whoa, 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 we shouldn't do anything. Like the, the people in the White House who know better, the foreign policy, policy establishment types are stopping him. But like Biden is having these like random old man moments of clarity, like senility clarity where he says the true thing and he probably shouldn't have. Um, he's right. What, what Vladimir Putin is doing is war crimes. Having people dig up radioactive soil is like, fucking wrong i don't know like two or three different levels like, like i it's not it, much like the earlier story here it's not like one level of bad it's like m multiple level i mean like you're, you're i mean the gene pool thing like this is a mess uh who knows like those vehicles are contaminated i mean like, like that's a lot of radiation to just potentially be and this is not the first time we've heard about stuff around chernobyl um that's the other thing that's very alarming in all of this. And the longer this goes on, this war criminal is allowed to continue to wage this campaign. It begs the question, like, what's the point of war criminality? Like, like, you know, what is that? You know, what's the point of Geneva? Um, what is the point of a lot of the post-World War II order? Uh, and, you know, what does the end game look like for Ukraine? Is it like, wh what would it actually take at this point for the West to step up and do something? Yeah, I I've tried to gauge as far as as far as the moves over the last few weeks. I have tried to gauge what the potential growing NATO means to Putin, as well as uh, I think the two main countries considering joining NATO being Finland and Sweden, and what. If one of those joins, does the next one join right after it? And I think the main thing that caught my my eye was uh, since the war started in Finland, support for NATO went from 20% to over 50. And I don't know what made someone in Finland previously for or against NATO and how that changed now, but well, I think they view it, it as a form of defense, but like it, it's bizarre because essentially the the implied thing with NATO is it's American defense, um, and so they want American defense. And right now, it doesn't necessarily look like America is going to rush to defend. And I know people are be like, "Well, Ukraine's not part of NATO." Like that is only because of the drums that has been happening for the last decade. Like I, they 
they would like to be part of NATO. They've actually asked recently, like, you know, if, if they could be fast tracked into NATO tomorrow, given the fact that they put in the application, they would be. Um, so I, yeah. I guess what you're saying is both Russia and America have a vested or have some sort of interest in Ukraine wanting to be in NATO, but not in NATO. Yeah, that that's I mean, let's right. look at all of Putin's propagandists over here in America. Those those scallywags. Uh like look at all of them. That is whether it's Greenwald or Michael Tracy or Fiorella Isabel or you, you name your Aaron Mate, that is one of the first things they bring up is none of this would be happening if the US had just said that uh Ukraine could never be part of NATO. Even though like I think we all know that's absolutely not true, especially if you take the denazification argument seriously um if you actually took the denazification argument at face value the whole oh all we have to do is ask ukraine not to be part of nato thing makes absolutely no sense um like no the the problem is the nazis right yeah at some point with that crowd you do have to start being skeptical merely upon the knowledge that they always lean upon unfalsifiable claims they always do and uh or they they it's... oh green greenwald has is reduced himself to absurdity i i don't i don't actually want to do greenwald tweets but there yeah. was that one that i threw in the group chat uh that was like bonkers even for him the other day that was like pure russian apologia um i don't, I don't know what they've got on that guy uh but i i feel actually very confident now just saying they've got something on that guy because i either he is getting paid well and that's what they got on him they got something that he doesn't want out about him. I don't know what it is, but like you can't square the circle with where his views were 10 years ago and where they are now. And like, and I'm not talking about like, you know, take on this, like you can't make a coherent ideology of out of what Greenwald is doing. You can't, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, like, like you look at the way he talked about imperialism and the U.S. not occupation to annex, but just occupy to occupy um, during a decade's worth of the the Iraq War, and how he's what he's doing here with you. No, no, you can't. I'm sorry, um, and and it's tough. I I mean, I, this is a little bit of an aside, but I think it's an interesting one. I think one of the things that we as progressives need to wrestle with is the legacy of guys like Ed Snowden, Julian Assange, and Glenn Greenwald, um, who did in my opinion meaningful good things in the middle of the decade prior to 2015 let's say and then post 2015 it it is it has basically been a slow subsumption into the dark side um in some in the case of Assange a rather quick one that has taken the left a long time to process because it's hard to go from WikiLeaks is this thing that we liked and trusted to WikiLeaks is this thing that maybe the blobs and libs are right about that like it 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 is a russian front and they are not good entirely like like some of the stuff's real but like and you, you kind of had that vibe on the panama papers when Assange was like anti the panama papers weirdly um i i think that that's an interesting thing to think about with Ukraine here, at least domestically speaking, some of these take mongers have really left themselves at a point where they're just thoroughly discredited. Yeah, and I have trouble understanding how uh, 
the pro Assange crowd can know how Assange started, but also not have the same spirit of, boy, we really need some sort of medium uh, to get at these Russian oligarchs. Uh, I feel like Chelsea Chelsea Manning's the only one of that entire kind of classic mid-teens cast of progressive legends um, that, that has actually stood the test of time. Like Assange, Greenwald, Snowden... They're, they're all... So Manning is all go get the oligarchs or, or Manning has Manning has I don't think Manning's not bought no no I, I I really like man I don't agree with everything that Manning says but like I, I think Chelsea Manning is like just like a human trying to live her life um so like and, and you know with a little bit you know out there but fine views or whatever on most yeah i guess that was more less of a take on on the figures and more of a take on those who's well no i I, and what i'm saying is okay so there's those who support the figures and like those people will we can they can be reckoned with at some point i just think we historically speaking now have to sort of like reframe how we feel about those people you know what i mean like like it's still it's a mental reset like snowden it's still taking me a minute to like get to Snowden's actually a bad guy. Um, and Greenwald still take it. I've gotten there at this point, but it took me a minute to get to Greenwald's actually a bad guy. Um, like, like he's not on our side. I, I made that joke when I was on Matt Lewis's show that I think we traded them over for, uh, cash considerations and a couple of first round draft picks in a future, uh, in a future draft, um, like, like he ain't our team anymore. Um, and then like obviously, what did we get? <laughs> what, what did we get for Glenn Greenwald? I don't know, dude. Um, but like, can we trade Brianna Joy Gray? Uh, like, like, what would it take to move her? Um, like, you know, uh, so long as we don't get back virtual Texas. Uh, all right. Um, on on Ukraine. Do you have any other thoughts other than what we've touched on so well, far? Like, in I terms guess of what I was trying to get campaigns. I guess what I was trying to get as far as 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 NATO goes is, if NATO were to grow one country larger, but that country is not Ukraine, that still is the cross. That still is crossing a line that Putin has said is uncrossable, right? Right. I, I mean, essentially, Putin is not going to give up Donbass or Crimea or any of the places that he's like contesting. Um, and denatofication wouldn't do anything for that. I, I, I don't, right. even I in a don't... blue sky world, like uh, this would be terrible. I couldn't imagine Joe Biden. Like, I mean, if Joe Biden decided we're going to disband Mayo, which he would never do, obviously. Uh, but like, if he decided we're just going to denatofy the world, it's not like Putin would withdraw out of the places of Ukraine that he has annexed. Uh, so while so, I think adding on another country to NATO ratchets things up, I'm also having a hard time putting a metric on that because that supposes a world where you can ratchet things down. And I don't believe that that world exists. Right. So you're saying we are at a, a, a certain point and adding a non-Ukrainian figure to NATO doesn't really move the needle, but Putin's saying it does. Right. And I don't which, understand. Which he would. 
yeah, I don't understand what Putin says to the Russians. His what what does Putin say to the Russian public when Finland joins NATO? See, the West is further aligning themselves against us, and this is why Russia needs to stay strong, why we need to increase military spending, why what we did was good. I mean, he will spin it in a way that doesn't make it look like the Ukraine campaign was Mm -hmm. immoral. Uh, You know, I'm not... No, I I just don't understand. be fine on that front. I don't understand why it's the threshold that he makes it to be, but it also seems to be the equal threshold for Ukraine to join. Right. Uh, well, it's a bluff play. It's because, like, yeah, he would like that, but it's kind of like you just say that and hope that your opponent will do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I, I get it. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it. it <sighs> NATO removing two members would not make him any more chill. Okay, uh, so I that's guess what, the, that's what I'm saying. Like I like I yeah, I get that yeah. he would say that, but again, if you're trying to put utility on that, and this is the problem for these leftist advocates or whatever, it supposes this world where like NATO minus three equals less than NATO, and, and, and I'm not even sure no NATO is. Like, like for Putin, unless the United States didn't exist, I don't think he'd ever really feel chill. So I guess what I'm having trouble with is I would have thought that Finland is of a certain media ecosystem to where they didn't under they didn't interpret NATO to be this thing that it isn't. Uh, or maybe because no, of they how view, close they, they are. They view it as a defense pact. Um, I also think... There are people who are hoping that though the United States seems to be governed by violence is never the answer of foreign policy types, uh, that you got to honor your agreements is, is still something that m- maybe they could just make a this is worth fighting for argument. Um, I, I mean, which has essentially been my argument since day one, which is Geneva is worth fighting for. And that you actually don't want to imagine a, a world without Geneva, no matter how uncivil fighting for that world is, because the world without Geneva is going to be even more uncivil. So the last thing, and I guess this is the most recent U- U- Ukrainian news or Ukraine-Russia news, is uh, Putin's polling. I think that is what. What do you make of Putin's polling, and and why that that or, he makes it up? Right. Okay. So yeah. there's there's that, and there's yeah. him, then then there's him using a disinformation campaign to actually move the numbers up, uh, even though it's it's not representative of the truth. It's representative of the the connection he has to the public. Um, so are you are you supposing that the figures that are coming out about how the Russians feel about this? This is not so much the product of a disinformation campaign that's working. This is just a product of bogus numbers. Yeah, I I think it's more bogus numbers. I mean, look, uh, I think that any government that has to operate in an unreality world has to necessarily jam the lane with propaganda. And that propaganda is going to have some degree of efficacy. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on the air. But I... 
think, especially inside of Ukraine, where this is particularly relevant, the Russians inside of Ukraine are getting enough information from non-Russian sources, and that's filtering back home. Um, I, I just don't think the support's really that that strong. I think the propaganda and stuff that Putin does domestically keeps the support from being way worse than what it is. Um, it's defensive. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to allow him to achieve like Hitlerian levels of popularity, which has been a thing I talked about to be at the beginning of this conflict. That one of the things that keeps Putin from being Hitler, and it's an important thing, is that he's just not loved like that. Then they did that big Putin rally thing where they got like 60,000 people in or whatever. They bust all those people in. Um, and those people, they were interviewing people there. Those people there like kind of had no opinion of Putin. Like they weren't like lovers of him. They were like, we're just here because this is what we need to do. We're supposed to be here. And so we're here. Um, and yeah, uh, it, it, it. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Do you think the Russian people are capable of falling in love with someone like that? No, not over okay. this too. No, I, I mean the economy's not. It, look, Hitler did a number of different. I, I mean, it's it's always been a shitty comparison, but like Hitler had Hitler had made an economic juggernaut leading into all of his bullshit. Right. That right. got stronger as he was doing it. Putin's economy sucks ass. He has not built a juggernaut that is getting stronger because of his annexations. He's built a uh, Potemkin yeah. village that like can barely float right now and is doing everything they can to stay above ground. It is April, and a lot of financial analysts speculate that the Russians are going to have real problems come summer here. Uh, like, like th this, is not, this is not Hitler's Germany. He is not Hitler. What he's doing is Hitlerian, the annexation of the territory, but he's just not loved like that. He's not running the country like that. The country is not like that. Like they're, Are, they got so, nukes. That's the big difference. So the, the thing that Putin has on his side here seems to be seasonally on his side, and that's how much Europe needs fuel. And our... Is there some sort of understanding that when it warms up and Europe doesn't need the fuel that it does, that there is a seasonal sort of he's going to run out of time here or, be, or is that is that the way the 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 fuel economy even works? I don't or, know. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not I'm not qualified enough to kind of speculate right. on that one. Um, anyone any other any other topics here you want to hit? <sighs> think so that 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 was that was enough i, I think yeah, so yeah we we got we got a lot of stuff going on here um <laughs> in this yeah no it's like a two-hour episode this is a good yeah. one um all right so ladies and gentlemen that is going to do it for this month's don't worry about the government now, look i'm trying to get more of these out than that uh but also i don't like just putting out shows to put out shows i'm not just trying to like take dollars or what i mean it's so this is show. this is what i'm hearing and i still remember your plain face as you said on our way to a thousand uh, oh yeah we're, <laughs> we're on our way to a thousand. look Here's how you do this campaign, buddy. One <laughs> one mile at a time. If, if oh I, I'll tell you, no, I should, let's be real here. Uh, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna use that as the frame, 
there is not a chance in hell I'm gonna make it to a thousand if I didn't slow down the pace of the show here a little bit. Um, just to get, well, because like the other thing is I don't I don't want to do what happened last time where like I just stopped doing it for a year and a half because I like felt there you know, I had to do it every ten to fourteen days the damn Carlin yeah. rule. Um, and, and, and like, look, it's it's just gotta be like at a comfortable rhythm. Um, that being said, like a buck a show is always welcome for those of you listening. Like, you're talking about give me a dollar a month here. So like, if you can spare a buck a show, come on, people. Um, like like it's 2022. We're used to the Patreon model now. It's Patreon.com/slash/dwatg. <laughs> buck a show is all I ask. Uh, you can also do PayPal.me/slash/paydwatg. Um. Uh, there will be premium content. Actually, what the premium content is ultimately going to be is an extended behind the scenes on the album that Priscilla and I, or the EP that Priscilla and I are doing. So all five songs. Um, I'm going to end up doing a, re- like, like this, this is for real with the bullshit. You guys are going to get like an early advanced copy of it um, as my way of saying thank you to all of you guys for supporting the show. Um, many of these songs you have heard drafts of as background music on Don't Worry About the Government. So like, this is like, it, it is tied into what you guys have gotten to know. Um, and I'm real excited. And, and that's where like a lot of my time's going these days. Like Priscilla and I record on every Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but I'll do a full behind the scenes thing where I break down each song. I'll talk about like what I was doing. We'll go layer by layer. It'll be, it'll be kind of cool. Each one's probably going to be like an episode, like 50, 50 to 60 minutes a piece per song. Um, I, all this stuff will be out in advance. Um, I'm trying to put it out maybe like as much as a month in advance. So you guys will be the very first people who hear it uh, again as my way of saying thank you. I think about it a lot. How am I doing this? The, 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 so you guys are going to get it first. Um, like, you know, who, who, who better um, than y'all? Um, so if you can, support the show at patreon.com slash DWATG. Brian, where uh, can people find you? At Postman Retweets. At Postman RTs. Laying low. Got work to do. Got some offline work to do. My goodness. Look at this floofy cat. This little cat is not so little anymore. But his name is Shadow. This is Don't Worry About the Government. It's an ostensibly weekly podcast. And we mean extremely Ooh. ostensibly. What? You know what, we, what? We, we didn't get to this. Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm going for the for, close. One more topic. Forehand please. versus backhand. I think there's a difference. And we'll get to that next episode. Yeah, yeah. It's called feedback. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and we love it. <laughs> that cat is very floofy. His name is Shadow. My name is Chris Dovenbrino. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And until the next one, bye bye. DJ Jazzy Jeff is, is one of my top five favorite DJs. <laughs>